0: Okay. Welcome everyone to TVA Dafiomi. Uh, this is our, this is our fifth lesson. And, uh, today we are actually going to be finishing, uh, Masakhet, uh, Masakhet Ta'anit. And, uh, this is very exciting as, uh, we have been learning together, um, for the past five weeks, uh, Masechet Ta'anit. And uh, today we're going to review Daf 26 through 31. Um, okay, so at Dov 26, uh, we are going to um, begin and complete the fourth chapter in Masachat Ta'anit. Uh, we have the Mishnah that tells us that the priests, the Kohanim, would bless the people four times a day Three times in the year, meaning three times a year, they were actually going to bless the people four times a day Um, in the morning prayer, in Shacharit, in Musaf, the additional prayer, in Mincha, the afternoon prayer, and in Ni'ilah, which is a special prayer that is added. Um, We're very familiar with Ni'ilah on Yom Kippur, um, but the Mishnah tells us that not only Yom Kippur, but on fast days, uh, we have a added uh, tefillah and added prayer. And during the ma'amadot, uh, the ma'amadot, we're going to learn about what that means. Um, and basically, as we said, um, that three times a year, the kohanim are going to be blessing the people four times a day. Um, so the Mishnah explains to us, what are these ma'amadot? Um, ma'amadot means that... Um, We know that there are communal sacrifices brought every day and throughout the year in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple. Um, These sacrifices needed somebody to be present. We know that when an individual brings a sacrifice, the individual needs to be there when the sacrifice is brought. Um, The the Mishnah explains that so too when a communal uh, sacrifice is brought, a representative of the community needs to be present, uh, and therefore we are going to have. If you remember, we learned about um, the twenty-four shifts of Kohanim who would work in the uh, in the temple in the Beit Hamikdash every week. Right, that was a um, shift that went through every week. Uh, the Mishnah explains that um, that there is going to be a parallel um, shift of Levi'im, of the Levites, and of Yisrael, meaning of the people of the nation, that are going to parallel the Kohanim, meaning that these people are also going to be present. And we'll see what that means in a minute. Um, so there are 24 shifts of the Kohanim and 24 Ma'amadot. Ma'amadot are going to be everybody else, meaning Levi'im and Israel, who are going to uh, come to Jerusalem. So it seems the Mishnah tells us that the Kohanim, the priests, and the Levi'im, the Levites, would come to Jerusalem. And the Yisrael, meaning the people in the in, of the nation, they would actually stay in their city, and they would go to the shul. Um, what would they do in the shul? They would actually fast from Monday to Thursday. Um, the Gemara is going to explain why they don't fast on Sunday or on Friday, um, but they're going to fast on Monday through Thursday, and they're going to read certain verses from the Torah. Uh, The the Mishnah tells us from Ma'aseb Reshit, meaning from the creation of the world. Um, They're going to read those verses in the shul, uh, a little bit every day, in the morning and in the afternoon, Shacharit and Musaf. Um, On Erev Shabbat, meaning on Friday, they would prepare for Shabbat. um, And then uh, they didn't necessarily read uh, from Ma'aseb Reshit uh, ah, they wouldn't read from Ma from the Torah, if that day, uh, was a day that they said Hallel. It seems it would be too much. So they would say Hallel. Or if Musaf was said, and, and the Gemara is going to explain what this means. Um, or if there was something called the Korban Etzim, uh, the sacrifice of the wood. Uh, we're going to see what this means. Uh, the Mishnah explains that there were nine days in the year, that they brought a special wood sacrifice. And this was a minor festival. Remember, uh, we spoke about previously this concept of minor festivals throughout the year. Um, So these were, um, this was a minor festival for the families that volunteered to bring this wood. And the Gemara lists the exact date and who brought the wood. Uh, The the Mishnah is going to explain exactly what's going on here. The Gemara is going to explain it a little bit later. Uh, Let's continue in the Mishnah. Um, ah, On Aleph Tevet, meaning on Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of Tevet, uh, which we just had uh, last week, uh, there was no Ma'amad because they said Halel, right again, because it's Hanukkah. So they say Halel. And Uh, It's also Rosh Chodesh and they say Musaf, And it was a time that they brought the Korban Eitzim, the sacrifice of the wood. So therefore, there are so many things going on. They didn't add to it on that day. Um, The the Mishnah continues and tells us about uh, the 17th of Tammuz, what we call Shiva Asar B'tammuz. Uh, This is one of the fast days um, commemorating the events that led up to the destruction of the temple. Um, and the Mishnah actually tells us about five things that happened on this day. Um, the tablets, the luchot were broken, right? Again, right. Moshe brings the tablets down. He sees the, the, the sin of the golden calf and he breaks the tablet. That happens on the 17th of Tammuz. Um, the korban tamid, the the daily korban, the daily sacrifice that was brought uh, in the temple was stopped on this day, on Yudzaim, the Tammuz, on the 17th of Tammuz. Um, the city was breached in the second temple um, and um, a posthumus was um, actually burnt a Sefer Torah, a Torah scroll on this day. And there was an idol that was put in the temple On uh, on this day, Um, the the Gemara says either uh, Menashe put it in or Apostimus, but somebody put an idol uh, in the temple courtyard. Um, The next. uh, I get, you know, sad days, since we're talking about tragic days and fast days. Again, we're finishing up Masachat Ta'anit, so we're finishing it up with the major fast days. Um, so the Betamuz, we just mentioned, the 17th of Tammuz, and uh, Tisha B'Av, right, the 9th of Av, famously um, was when the, the temples were destroyed. So the Mishnah tells us that actually five things happened on that day. Um, It was decreed on that day that the Jewish people wouldn't enter Israel. Uh, this is during the 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 uh, sin of the spies, right? The Miraglim, uh, when the spies came back and said Israel is terrible, we shouldn't go, and that's when everybody got nervous. And God said, you know what? Forget it. You guys aren't going into the into uh, Israel. That happened on Tisha B'av on the ninth of Av. Uh, the first and the second temple were destroyed. Um Beitar, which is a city. Um, uh, and it was also a refuge during the time of Bar-Kochva, of the rebellion of Bar-Kochva, Beitar was destroyed, and that was basically uh, the end of the Bar-Kochva rebellion. This was 52 years after the destruction of the temple. Um, and the same day, Jerusalem, not that year, but the, sa- the same date was when Jerusalem was raised to the ground, meaning completely destroyed. Um, the, the Mishnah continues and tells us that we need to limit pleasure when av starts right Famously, we say mission Michnas av when av the month of av starts we we decrease um simcha right happiness and pleasure um the week that that the ninth of av falls out uh we don't get haircuts or do laundry um but on thursday in preparation for shabbat you are allowed uh to do to do laundry it would be okay on the eve of tisha b'av and the erev tisha b'av um it's the the mishnah tells us that you cannot have two cooked dishes together meaning what we would call a meal. You can only eat a little bit. The, the Gemara is going to explain what this means. Uh, and you don't eat uh, wine or uh, you don't drink wine or eat meat. Um, the, the, the Mishnah says that we should change our customs. Um, maybe we should overturn our beds or you don't need to. And the Mishnah is going to explain this in a minute. Um, since we talked about probably uh, the saddest days of the year, uh, the Gemara now says uh, we're going to discuss the happiest days of the year. Uh, the happiest days of the year are what we call Tuba Av, which is the 15th of Av, and Yom Kippur, which I think is fascinating because I think when we... Think about Yom Kippur in general. We think of fasting, suffering, difficulty, uh, seriousness. Uh, but here, actually, the, the the Mishnah tells us it's it's the happiest day of the year. Again, I, I would say the holiest day of the year uh, when we uh, repent, when our, our our prayers are answered, and therefore it's the happiest day of the year. Um, the Mishnah explains what happened on the 15th of Av, on Tuba Av. Uh, the girls, the maidens, the, the unmarried uh, women would go out Uh with borrowed white dresses, and they would dance in the vineyard. Uh, And men would come and they would choose a girl. uh, And they would choose a girl based on their family background and not on beauty. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in the Gemara. Um, Okay, let's go to the Gemara Andaf 26. Um, So we started with saying that three times a year the Kohanim give blessings uh, whenever they were davening, whenever they prayed. And Again, maybe only on Yom Kippur, it's four times a day, right? We know that Ni'ilah, which is the fourth prayer of the day, is really only said on Yom Kippur. It's not said on a fast day. Um, so the Gemara kind of explains the Mishnah to say when there are four prayers. So there's uh, Birkat Kuanim, there's the blessing of the, the priests on that day. Uh, and if it's only three prayers, so then it's only three prayers, Um Again, uh, we don't do uh, the blessings of the priest, the Birkat kwanim on mincha in general um, because we're concerned maybe they drink during lunch. Uh, again, in the time of the Gemaran, the Mishnah, um, people don't really drink water. Uh, the beverage that they drink is wine. Uh, so it's not like they're going to the bar, but they had wine during their meal at lunch. So we're concerned that they might be inebriated. And we know that uh, the Kohanim are not allowed to give the blessings uh, when they are inebriated. And therefore, we don't do uh, Berkat Kohanim, the blessings, uh, during Mincha, which is in the afternoon. Uh, and therefore, the, the Gemaran, Gemara says that on a fast day, you can, right? Because nobody's drinking, because you're not eating or drinking. Um, Here, uh, we have seen this language before. Uh, The Gemara says, right, the halakha is as, as such, or the minhag, the custom, right? Either it was the law that they did a certain way, or it was the custom, or um, it was what people did. Uh, And the the Gemara explains that what's the difference between these three understandings. One is, if it's the law, then that's what they teach publicly. If it's the custom, then uh, we don't teach it publicly, but privately, we tell people what the law is. And if it means nahagu, meaning that's what they did, so we don't say anything, and if that's what they do, so then... Uh, we don't stop them and and here they say that the it's the law is according to rabbi Meir, that again that we do do the blessings uh on mincha uh, um on a fast day so this is either what they did or it was the law and this is what they taught to do um the the Torah talks about the blessings of the priests, the Birkat Kohanim, and right afterwards talks about the Nazir, the Nazirite. Uh, the reason that they're next to each other, the Gemara tells us, is to teach us, exactly as I said, right, that the Kohen cannot be drunk uh, when he is blessing the people. Um, but uh, he's not similar in all aspects in the sense that he can eat grapes, right? A Nazir, a Nazirite is not allowed to eat anything, uh, grape related. Uh, the Kohen is allowed to, um, and, um, Okay, we're now on the top of DAF 27. Um, And back to the Ma'amadot. Again, what are are these Ma'amadot? So the Gemara says that we have these Ma'amadot based on a verse that says that people need to be in the temple, in the Beit Mikdash, when they bring a communal sacrifice, right? And therefore, right, we say that there are 24 ma'amadot that correspond to the 24 mishmarot, which is the, the shifts of priests of Kohanim. And interestingly, the Gemara says that 12 of these would go to Yericho, to the city of Jericho, um, Right. So basically, half would go to Jerusalem and half would go to Jericho in order to be able to um, to supply water and food for the people in Jerusalem. Um, The here there is a kind of a tangent, but it's an interesting concept about what is the main way to worship in the temple, right? We know that we bring sacrifices. Um, We also know that the Leviim, the Levites would sing at the same time. They would also play instruments. Um, So here the Gemara uh, tangentially discusses what is the the main way uh, to worship God other than the sacrifice. Is it the song that they're singing, meaning uh, in Hebrew they say is the avodah b'apeh with their mouth, or is the avodah bakli, meaning with the musical instrument, right? Is the musical instrument seen as an inherent part of the worship or is it seen as an accompaniment? Um, and really it's the song that they're singing that is the main part of the worship. And there are um, uh, practical applications, as we say in Aramaic and Gemara language, we say it, there's a nafka mina, right? There's a practical uh, application meaning um, who can play the instruments? Does it need to be uh, a levy somebody who, let's say, doesn't have any blemishes, uh, a minor, an adult? So that's not really uh, relevant here, but it's just an interesting, uh, an interesting idea. Um, so the, the 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 gemara continues on Daf twenty seven uh, to tell us that again we said that there were twenty four mishmarot. So the the gemara tells us that. There were originally only eight Mishmarot, um, based on the children of Aharon. And this was established by Moshe. Uh, and then later on, Shmuel, uh, the priest, the, the prophet added 12. He made it into 16. And then later on, David established that they would be 24. Again, based on, uh, the, the how many priests there were or how many families there were. Um, It seems that there were four Mishmarot, right? We said that there were 24 uh, basically shifts of priests that would come to the temple, to the Beit HaMikdash, only four of them came back from Bavel in order to build the Beit HaMikdash, right? Again, uh, we have the first temple. Everybody goes into exile to Babylonia, to Bavel. Uh, and then we have the, the period that's called uh, Shivat Zion, the return to Zion. Um, unfortunately, the, the the Tanakh tells us that not everybody came back. Um, it was limited in terms of how many people came back. Uh, so here is another proof to that, the Gamar tells us that only four of the 24 shifts came back to Israel. uh, And therefore, they took those four shifts and divided them into 24. Uh, so that there would be, again, 24 shifts. Uh, and the Gemaret says which families came back. Um, the main family is Yedaya. Yid- Yedaya becomes the head of the Mishmarot. Like, I guess he becomes uh, uh, the, the head of, of all of these shifts. And. Um, and interestingly, the Gemara says that even if uh, somebody else comes back later on, um, we don't take away these shifts from these four families, right? We give them uh, a special privilege. Um, so we said that the Ma'amadot read from the verses of the creation of the world from Maaseb Rishit. Um, why? Uh, because the the Gemara explains that God promised if you bring a Korbanot, if we bring sacrifices, so then the world won't be destroyed. So there's this um, this connection between. Uh, the creation of the world or the existence of the world and sacrifices. And therefore, while the Kohanim, the priests are bringing the sacrifices, uh, they are going to read about the creation of the world. So that's the that's the connection. Um, and um, the Ma'amad prays that these sacrifices will be accepted, right? Again, there's, Uh, Again, this intrinsic connection between what's going on in uh, in the temple, in the Beit Hamikdash, and what's going on in the shul, right in the nation, Uh, and they're seen as going hand in hand. Uh, Each one is is working for the other or praying for the other. Um, So, as we mentioned, that on Monday uh, they're they're going to fast throughout the week, uh, and the Gemara goes through how each day they're going to fast for somebody else. Again. Um, the Kohanim are giving the sacrifices again as a, atonement for the people, and the people are praying for the nation. So um, on Monday, there's a fast for uh, the seagoers. Uh, on Tuesday, there's a fast and they're praying for the travelers. Uh, on Wednesday, they're fasting. For the people who are sick, or that no one should get sick. Uh, on Thursday, they 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 pray for the pregnant and nursing women. Um, so I think it's really beautiful to think about how and um, every day they're focused on another um, part of society, right? And the, it's a beautiful idea this this idea of communal prayer. Uh, and I think we we actually have this uh, in our daily prayer when we look at the Shmonasri, the silent amida. Uh, we have blessings that talk about our, our personal or individual needs and desires. Uh, but we also talk about, um, more national, uh, desires. So it's interesting that this seems to parallel that as well. Um, we mentioned that they don't fast on Friday. Again, it's not nice for Shabbat if we come in starving. So you don't fast on Friday, um, and you don't fast on Sunday, um, Either because, um, interestingly, the Gemara says because it's a holy day for the Christians and we don't want to um, maybe show that we're, I don't know, keeping their holidays. So we make sure that we don't fast Um, or maybe it was um, the third day since the creation of man. Right. Again, if man was created on Friday, Friday. so Friday, Shabbos, Sunday would be the third day. Remember, in this, there's this concept of man being weak on the third day, right? Mankind being weak on the third day. So we're not gonna fast. Or uh, the idea of... Um, the neshama yitira, the extra soul that we get on Shabbat. So it leaves on Saturday night. So on, on Sunday, we're feeling very weak. Uh, and therefore, we're not going to fast uh, on Sunday, uh, which is just uh, an interesting idea. Um, the Gemara goes into what's read every single day. Uh, and from here, we, we get the idea of... Um, of um, Every time you read from the Torah, we divide it into three sections, or what we call three aliyot. Um, and we need there to be three verses in every aliyah. Uh, interestingly, on the first day, there are only five verses. So the question is, how do you divide five into three, you know, three Three aliyot of three psukim each, of three verses each. It doesn't really work. Uh, either you go back uh, and repeat one verse, or you break up a verse in the middle. Which we in general don't like that idea of breaking up a uh, breaking up verses. Uh, so there's a there's a machluk at what there's a disagreement whether or we break it up or not. Uh, the top of Daf twenty eight. Um, We talk about uh, the fact that they read from the Torah in the morning, in Shacharit, in the morning prayer, and Musaf, in the additional prayer. Um, Maybe And then in Mincha, in the afternoon prayer, uh, you're going to say the same verses, but by heart, not read it from the Torah scroll. Um, Remember we said that when there was this... um, Sacrifice of the trees, so we didn't have a ma'amad. So now the the Gemara is going to explain um, that um, that again during Shiva during the return to Zion, when the people came back, uh, there was actually no wood for the Beit Mikdash for the temple. Again. Uh, the temple needs wood. We needed to to burn on the altar, on the Mizbeach. Uh, and therefore, families decided to volunteer to bring wood to the temple. Uh, and that day became a minor festival for that family. Uh, and it was called a Korban etzim. They brought a sacrifice of the wood, uh, either of the wood or in addition to the wood. Um, and... Um, um, it, it said that ah, and then once the the Gemara explains on Daf twenty eight that there was once a decree that you weren't allowed to bring wood to the temple. Right again, uh, the the government didn't want uh, people burning things on the altar, um, and they weren't allowed to bring the bikurim, the first fruit to the temple. So what did they do? Uh, they actually put, uh, the wood in a basket and then they covered it with dried figs. Uh, and then they brought it and they said, oh, we're not, uh, we're not bringing uh, a sacrifice to the temple. We're just, uh, on our way to the market to sell our figs. Um, and then, uh, they would, um, get there and they would take the wood and burn it on the altar. Uh, and Or uh, they would take the wood again, remember we're bringing, trying to bring wood to the altar. What would they do? They would build ladders out of the wood, and then just carry the ladders, right? They say, oh, we're going to fix something. Uh, and then when they'd get to the temple, they'd break down the ladders, and then they would use that wood for uh, for the temple. So it's interesting, very uh, um, creative ways to, to uh, uh, get around uh, the decree. Um Ah, it says that um, David's, uh, King David's descendants brought wood uh, twice to the temple, or maybe it was the descendants of Yoav. It's not sure who who was the one that brought this wood. Um, we said that when there was Hallel, when we say halal, there's no ma'amad in the morning. Um, and when there's musaf, so there's no ma'amad for musaf, um, but there is for mincha and Ila for later. Um, The the question is why? Uh, The Gemara explains that Hallel on Rosh Chodesh is actually not biblical in origin. It's not Deoraita. Therefore, we will have a Ma'amad on Rosh Chodesh, uh, but not on other days. Um, So from here, since we're talking about Hallel, um, the Gemara tells us that 18 times a year we say Hallel, right? And and you can do the math on Sukkot, on Hanukkah uh on the beginning of pesach here we're talking about full Hallel, uh the first day of Pesach and shavuot um and then um an cholomoed right and uh and then um uh, so all of that is 21 days, uh, and then uh, Rosh Chodesh is not mentioned again because we said it's not deoraita; it's not biblical in origin, and that's why we only say partial, uh, partial uh, halal on those days. Um, Okay, Uh, from here, we're going to get to some, uh, we talked about the breaking of the luchot, of the tablets, on the 17th of Tammuz. So now we're going to do some calculations. Um, So the Gemara tells us that uh, we received the Ten Commandments on the 6th of Sivan or on the 7th. Either way, either we got it on the 6th and Moshe went up on the 7th or... um, we got it on the seventh and Moshe went up on the seventh. Either way, Moshe goes up on Har Sinai on the Mount on Mount Sinai on the 7th. Uh, we know that he's on the mountain for 40 days. Uh, when he comes down, right, 40 days from the seventh of, of Sivan is the 17th of Tammuz, right? That's when he comes down and he breaks the tablets. Um How do we know that the Tamid was not brought anymore starting on the 17th of Tammuz? Uh, The Gemara says that it's a tradition that it stopped, right? It was just uh, a tradition that we uh, have that that's when it stopped. Uh, The walls were breached on the 17th of Tammuz. Um, The Gemara says, but wait a minute, weren't the walls breached on the 9th of Tammuz? Um, Again, Tammuz being around July. Um, So the Gemara says that on the first temple, the walls were breached on the ninth. And on the second temple, it was on the 17th. Um, But we commemorate the 17th since other things also happened on the 17th. the tr- there's a tradition, again, as we said, that the Torah, uh, a Torah scroll was burnt on the 17th as well, uh, and that there were two idols placed in the temple courtyard, uh, but one fell on the other, uh, and one of the idol's hands was broken. Uh, so it, that's why it says there was only one Um but really, there were two that were uh that were uh stood up in the in the courtyard. DAF 29 um starts talking about uh, the ninth of Av, again, Tisha B'Av. As we mentioned, it's when the spies uh came back. Okay, let's do a little bit more calculations. Um, the first month of the second year after they left Egypt. Um so uh on the first day, so that's on the on the on the twentieth of ER of ER again. ER is about uh let's say May, uh right in the spring. So the um after they they basically um start traveling uh on the twentieth of ER, uh they left sorry, they left Har Sinai they were camped they were camped there um, f- the whole year um, then uh, there were 30 days when the Jewish people right the Jewish people uh, complain in the desert that they don't have meat uh, and therefore uh, they get 30 days of meat that gives us to that gets us to the 22nd of Sivan again Sivan being around June uh, then um, on the 29th of Sivan, they sent the spies. Again, there was the seven days that they didn't move because of Miriam, right, when she got leprosy. Uh, then they sent the spies on the 29th of Sivan. Uh, they were in Israel for 40 days. Uh, they were, um, they were, um, uh, again, checking out Israel for 40 days. The, the spies come back, uh, and, uh, right, the, the Jewish people cry out that they couldn't go into Israel. And that turns out on, uh, the 9th of Av. Um, The ninth of Av is also when the first temple, the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. Uh, It says that uh, it was burnt on the seventh of Av. It was also, it also says that it was burnt on the 10th. So we have seven and 10. How do we get nine? You can ask. Um, So the Gemara says that um, on the seventh, they actually went into the courtyard uh, and they Uh, basically desecrated the courtyard. Um, And then on the ninth they actually lit the temple uh, on fire and it burnt till the 10th, right? This is uh, where we get, this is the source for the idea that um, even when the ninth of Av is finished and it's the 10th and you think, oh, okay, now I can go back to doing everything. We actually, I mean, we can eat right away, uh, but we actually don't start doing, let's say, laundry or things like that till the next day. Uh, This is the source uh, because the the temple was still burning on the 10th of Av. Uh, The Gemara says, well, if it was burning on the 10th, maybe we should uh, commemorate on the 10th. Why don't we commemorate on the 9th? And the Gemara says that we commemorate when the punishment starts, not when the majority of it happens, but when it actually began. Uh, And it began on the 9th of Av. Um, The Gemara on Daf 29 continues uh, and tells us, that the second temple also uh, was destroyed on the same day, on the 9th of Av. Um, and this actually happens on a Saturday night uh, on the end of Shemitah. Uh, I heard uh uh, Rav Asaf Benarsh gave us a shir on Shabbat, and he he said that the idea here is that it's at the end of an era, right? It's the end of a week. It's the end of Shabbat. It's the end of Shemitah, right? And it basically symbolizes almost like um, the end of everything good and kind of the beginning of a new era of Basically bad, right? Of uh, of of a reality where we don't have a temple anymore, uh, and therefore the Gemara talks about how right all the things align, and it's the end of everything, or or maybe the beginning of everything, right? The beginning of a new cycle of Shemitah, the beginning of a week, uh, and all of these beginnings happen with the destruction, right? Or start off with the destruction of the temple. Um, Beitar, we mentioned the city of Beitar was destroyed. Uh, this too is a tradition right we mentioned that it's uh, basically the, the the destruction of the Bar Kokhba rebellion uh that happens 52 years after the destruction of the temple um and it also happens on that day uh, on the 9th of av uh, so to the the plowing of jerusalem right the basically the raising of the city um Okay, um, Rabban Gamliel, actually, uh, ah, so we have a story about Rabban Gamliel being sentenced to be executed. And a Roman officer uh, basically warns him and tells him that he's going to be executed. And he says to him, uh, if I save you, will you uh, bring me to the world to come? Will you give me a portion in the world to come? And Rabban Gamliel says, yes, uh, I will. Uh, and and what did he do? The Roman the Roman officer jumps off the roof and kills himself uh, because it seems that there's a law uh, in Rome that if an officer that was involved in creating a decree, if he dies, you cannot you cannot carry out the decree. So basically, uh, this Roman officer gives up his life to save Rabban Gamliel. And a heavenly voice, a bat call, comes out and says, uh, this man is invited to Olam Haba, right? And he does get uh, Olam Haba. So uh, it's interesting that the story is here. I I think maybe uh, one idea is, uh, first of all, that basically anyone can uh, maybe merit uh, the next world, the olam haba, right, even if they're not Jewish, uh, in order to save the, the Jewish people or a Jewish person. Um, maybe it's here to give hope. Uh, we're talking a lot about destruction and, uh, you know, death and all these terrible things. And, and maybe it's it's trying to show us that uh, there were some good people out there, even in this culture of destruction uh, at that time. Um Unfortunately, another sad story uh, during the destruction of the temple. Uh, there's another story that a group of young priests of young Kohanim uh, went to the went to the the temple and they had the keys uh, either figuratively or literally in their hands and they said, right, uh, we you know they, they yell out to God and they said we didn't really take care of your house. Here are the keys, uh, right? And they throw the keys up or out. Uh, and it seems that a heavenly hand, uh, takes them, takes those keys again, uh, either figuratively or if you want to believe, maybe literally, um, this idea of returning the keys to God, to heaven, right? Because we weren't worthy of the beta mikdash, of keeping the beta mikdash. Uh, and these young priests go up to the roof and they jump into the flames. Uh, so again, this idea of the end of an era of destruction of, um, maybe some taking of responsibility by the Kohanim. So that's an interesting idea as we talked about uh av when when we start the month of av we lessen uh or we limit happiness the flip side of that and and now we're going to start talking about uh the other side uh the flip side of that is um when we start mitznechnas adar i think very famously marbim besimcha when we start av uh when we start uh, adar we increase um Happiness. Um, So the Gemara says, right, if you need to go to court, you shouldn't go in Av, right, around August time. Uh, You should go in Adar around February, March, right? It is a happy time. Now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, preparing ourselves, uh, maybe emotionally, for Tisha B'Av. So there's this concept of the week that Tisha B'Av falls out, in in Hebrew it's called Shavua Shechalbo, uh, that has... Um, more, uh, I would say, s- more severe uh, customs. Um, so we, again, as we said, we don't launder clothing and wear that laundered clothing, or maybe you can't launder even if you're not going to wear that clothing. Um, if you only have one garment, you can wash it, um, even on kholomoed when we're not supposed to be uh, doing laundry. Um The Gemara talks about not wearing freshly laundered and pressed clothing uh, before Tisha B'Av. After Tisha B'Av, even during that week, so let's say Tisha B'Av is on Wednesday, on Thursday and Friday, uh, you can do laundry and you can uh, wear uh, uh, freshly laundered clothing. Um, Okay, Uh, the Gemara on Daf 30 tells us that... um, there's this concept of what we call su'udat mafseket, uh, a meal uh, in preparation for the fast. Uh, this is not, uh, you know, when we say, let's all have dinner before Tisha B'Av, that's not the su'udat mafseket. Su'udat mafseket would be after you eat all the things you want to eat. We have a separate, almost... um um commemorative meal, uh, a mourner's meal. Uh, So this is the meal that we don't have cooked, uh, two cooked dishes together. Uh, This is where some people sit on the floor to eat. Some people have a custom to eat eggs uh, at this time. Um, As we mentioned that we need to change our normal traditions. Uh, And here the Gemara talks about limiting what we eat for that meal Um, or maybe it's limiting the number of people we normally eat with. Uh, again, we talked about not eating, not drinking wine, uh, not eating meat, um, not washing yourself in this time period. Um, and there are customs of mourning, right, that we we do on Tisha B'Av as well, right? We said, again, not eating meat or milk, not eating meat or wine, um, you know, you can't bathe, you can't learn Torah on Tisha B'Av, um, again, because learning Torah makes us happy, uh, but you can learn certain uh, sad portions, Eov, right, uh, the book of Job. Uh, you can learn from Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, things that talk about the destruction of, uh, or you can learn Echa, uh, Lamentations, right, things that talk about the destruction, um Okay, um, it, the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Huda would eat like a dry bread and some salt before Tisha B'Av, uh, again in a mournful state in preparation. Um, and the Gemara tells us that in different places they had different traditions about working on Tisha B'Av, right? Uh, Tisha B'Av is not like Shabbat, uh, you do not have uh, a a law that you're not allowed to work, Uh, but in different places, the Gemara says, uh, different places had a tradition whether or not you could work on that day or not. um, the Gemara tells us that fasting on Tisha B'Av is equated to fasting on Yom Kippur uh, that's why the laws are pretty strict uh, when it comes to fasting on, on Tisha B'Av uh, here uh, another idea that the, the Gemara says that uh, if you fast for the destruction of the temple to commemorate the destruction you will rejoice in its rebuilding Right? this idea that's why we take it so seriously uh, fasting on Tisha B'Av um, some people say that you should sleep on the floor, right? You should be as uncomfortable as possible, um, not pregnant women or nursing women. Um, but the Gemara concludes that no, you don't need to. You can sleep on your bed uh, on Tisha B'Av. Um, Okay, now let's uh let's move over to um, the festive days, right? We talked about the saddest days of the year. Now let's talk about the happiest days of the year. Uh, remember we said Yom Kippur and Tuba BeAv, the 15th of Av. Um, again, Yom Kippur is the happiest day of the year because it's a day of forgiveness. It's a day of spirituality. Um, why Tuba Av? what happens on the 15th of Av? Uh, the Gemara is now gonna give us a whole list of things that happen on the 15th of Av. Um, One is that it's the day that the the tribes were told that they were allowed to marry within uh, between tribes. Uh, If you remember, there was the story of the children, the daughters of Tzlofchad, Benot Tzlofchad, who um, wanted to get the the land, their inheritance from their father. Uh, And basically, Moshe told them that they could get the inheritance, but they had to marry within their tribe of Minasheh. Uh, but uh, afterwards, it was taught that uh, only then did they have to stay within their tribe. All other girls were allowed to marry um, from one tribe to the other. Again, uh, practically, it would mean that, that uh, any lands that the girl owned, which was very rare that the girl would own land, would go to the, the husband in another tribe. Right? And we wanted to make sure that the land stayed uh, separate and in different uh, areas. Uh, number two, what happened on the 15th of Av, uh, they decided to let uh, the children of the tribes, uh, of the different tribes, marry into the uh, the tribe of Binyamin. Uh, this is after the terrible uh, story of Pilegesh Begivah, uh, the harlot in Giva, which is in Binyamin. They're actually at the end of Sefer um, Shoftim of the Book of Judges, uh there's a terrible story of almost basically a civil war where all the tribes gang up against Binyamin because they do terrible things. Uh, they swear they're not going to let their children marry uh the 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 offspring of Shevet benjamin uh, they realize that that's not viable since they kill a lot of Shevet benjamin uh, so on to Ba'ab, they decide uh oh it's okay for our children to marry into our daughters and to marry uh into Shevet uh benjamin or our uh, children to marry uh Shevet benjamin um I think it was the daughters. Um, okay, uh, what else happened on Tuba'av? Uh, it's the day that the people in the desert stopped dying. Remember, there are 40 years where they, an entire generation of people die out. Uh, they stopped dying on the 15th of Av. Um, It's also the day that uh, they removed the guards uh, that Yeravam put up in order to prevent the people from going to Jerusalem. Uh, so again, another happy day. Uh, DAF 31, our last DAF, tells us that uh, it's also the day uh, that the people who were killed in Betar, remember we talked about the massacre in Betar, on uh, two um, Ba'av, they were finally buried. Um, and the Gemara explains to us that uh, on that day in Yavne, they wrote the blessing of HaTov uh, V'Hametiv, that we say in Birkat Hamazon, in benching every day. Um, so the blessing of Tov V'Hametiv was added because of uh, the people of Beitar being able to uh, be buried. Uh, the last thing that happened on Tuba'av uh, was the day that they stopped cutting wood for the altar, uh, again, for the year. Again, this is happening around August time, and, um, So they want to make sure that they have all the wood that they need by Tuba'av in preparation for the winter. Uh, The Gemara here then um, expands on the story that we mentioned before of the girls, uh, what happened on Tuba'av. So the girls would borrow clothing from each other so that no one would be embarrassed uh, if they didn't own the clothing. So they would each borrow from each other. Uh, They would actually immerse all the clothing in the mikvah because we didn't know whose clothing was pure or impure. So they were immersed everything, again, not to embarrass anybody. Um, and the men would come to the vineyard uh, to find a wife. Uh, and interestingly, uh, each woman would say something, right? So if they were beautiful, they would say, look at my beauty. Uh, if they were less beautiful, but came from important families, they would say, look at my lineage, my yuchus, as we would say, right? Look at my family. Um, if they were not so pretty and didn't come from good families, they would say, uh, take me l'shem shamaim, right? Because it's good for God or because God wants you to, right? This idea uh, that there's someone for everyone, out there. Um, and the, the Gemara talks about um the girls dancing. Mecholot. Mechol also means like in circles. So they would dance in circles. Uh, and since we're talking about dancing in circles, um, the Gemara here ends uh about right we we we're, we're talking about the girls dancing in circles uh, in order to find a, a partner, uh, and here the the Gemara is going to end the Masachet by talking about God uh, making a circle for the righteous people in the next world. Um and God is going to sit in the middle. Uh, and he, right, and they say, right, he ne alokinu right? They point to God and they say, This is our God, uh, and we will rejoice in his salvation. Uh, and I think it's a really beautiful way to end our masachet. Uh, again, to remind us, uh, we talked in this masachet about uh times of I would say, tragedy, specifically at the end of the masachet, But even at the beginning of the masachet, we talked about uh, times where uh, we don't really see God, right? There's rain, there's drought, there's famine, there there are terrible things happening in Israel, uh, and we're calling out to God. And if you remember, we talked about... Uh, God answering, sometimes God not answering, uh, God answering certain people and not other people, uh, and I think here the the gemara is really ending on this beautiful note about the recognition that uh, God is really there, right? God is at the center of everything. Uh, we don't always see Him, uh, but uh, definitely in the next world it will be very obvious that God is always at the center, uh, and I think that that's really meant to inspire us um, that when when times are really hard, right? Again, we went from talking about the the most, uh, I would say, the most tragic day in Jewish history or of the Jewish calendar to the happiest day of the Jewish calendar, right? Our lives are really cyclical. Again, here's that circle again, uh, that we uh, unfortunately experience tragedy, but we also experience happiness. And, and I think Uh, Really, it's about uh, balancing. It's about finding uh, the good that's in our lives. Um, If you remember, we talked about stories about people being so poor. I remember Nachum Ish Gamzu, who says, right, everything is Gamzu Litova. So I think that uh, really this masachet was very inspirational in terms of being humble, uh, seeing the good in our lives, being being uh, uh, aware of God in our lives, and uh, uh, with that we finish Masachet Taanit. Uh, you know, may we may we be zocha to see only good things uh, and only celebrations. And uh, as we say, Hadran Alach <laughs> Masachet Taanit. Right, we will return to you, Masachet Taanit. Um, I really hope all of you uh, who have learned the Masachet will uh, have a part have a siyum. Uh, I'm very passionate about uh, making a siyum. I think that uh, it's important to celebrate uh, with friends, with family, with loved ones, uh, your accomplishments. I think that it really inspires other people uh, to learn. Um, And Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, officially we start Masachet Megillah on Tuesday, uh, which is interesting, which is a fast day, actually. So we're finishing Masachat Tanit the day before uh, a fast. We really finished tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to start Masachat Megillah on on uh, Tuesday. Uh, and next week, uh, we're going to go back to our regular schedule. So sorry uh, for all the confusion. So next week, we'll go back to our regular schedule and I'll give you an introduction to Masachat Megillah. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, Megillah to Esther. We're going to talk about Purim and the laws of Purim and when we read the Megillah uh, and all the very famous stories of the, the Midrashim, the stories about Megillah Tastera are all going to be found in this Masachet. So looking forward to our continued learning uh, and wishing everybody a uh, Shavua Tov and Mazal Tov on finishing the Masachet. Take care. Get some Thank sleep. you. Shavuatov, Yes.